Kim. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. If someone daily wrote or tweeted about me and this show, I would read everything about it. This is the press box. Would Derek you feel Cox. disrespected though? Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. Depends on, depends on who it is. Right. With Grady and Bischoff. Hold on, Jared's disappointed in you. Here we go. It's a Tuesday. Ed, Tyler, Jared, back at it. Oh, I was going to tell you. Um, so yesterday, driving away from here, I thought of one more thing on this whole, because this morning the Mountain West will release their coaches uh, all-conference team. Yes. And uh, by the way, there's many people out there not happy that the media poll comes out first because then people can get completely confused. And the coaches poll is like irrelevant. What, what, irrelevant. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. The one thing I thought driving away, which again, I don't like voting, but this is better for the media poll than the coaches poll, when coaches don't al- allow their ballots to be public. I hate oh, that. Yeah, nightmare. Make it public. Let's see it. E- media does. Yeah. All those guys it. were tweeting yesterday about all their all, about all their ballots. So I don't want to hear from the coaches. Bunch of nonsense. Like, You're not transparent. The most fun part of baseball Hall of Fame voting is we get to yell at certain people because they fill out stupid ballots, like only voting but, for Jeff Kent. But they put their ballot out. Right. But yeah, we yeah, get to yell yeah, at these specific yeah, exactly. people because they'll tweet out, here's my ballot. I only voted for Jeff Kent. Right. Exactly. I mean, it is also it. fun. <laughs> the, the, the backside of that is whenever you just tweet out, I was the writer who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. And people get mad at you and you're like, I don't have a vote. Like, what are you guys talking about? (laughs) You didn't vote for him either. That was just something I was thinking about. Be transparent. I don't like like that. You have done a complete 180 from the media shouldn't vote on these to coaches are terrible voters who make uh, bad votes, (laughs) bad faith votes for bad players, and then don't tell everybody who they voted (laughs) for. Okay, so what we've determined as a show, we have a history Uh, of... The fans are bad at voting because that's how you wind up with the Royals infield despite batting a <laughs> solid 200 in the All-Star game. The coaches are bad because they, they don't do Don't allow their ballots. And then the media is bad because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Computers. Bring back the... Let the computers vote. Yeah, they Ken Palm does all-conference. Or he does the top five players, he has right? The top he does the top five, five players. Five Players. Bart Torvik ranks every single player by that. Remember that points above average stat right. that I gave you? Bart Torvik has that too. So bring back the computers. Let the computers make all the decisions. That's the best way to do it. I'll I tell you right now, if we were doing Mountain West players based on Bart Torvik, your first team all Mountain West would be Orlando David Robinson. Roddy, player of the year. Right. Hunter Maldonado, Justin Bean, Ooh. Orlando Robinson. Okay. And coming in with the last spot. Bryce Hamilton. Ooh. Oh, so he'd even make that team. He would. He'd even make that team. I've done a complete 180 to where next year I'm going to lead the media vote, and I'm going to actually put out the ballots and say, send them to me, and I'll count up the I'll count up the uh, votes. To where? I... <laughs> oh my God! You need to you need to sue. Uh, you need to sue Jeff Grammer yes. and just be like, the, Sam the, and Ash? the voting system is rigged. Yes. The first bite. Deuce is back. <laughs> Important Raiders news. They announced the coaching staff yesterday. Deuce, oh, Gruden's, I... Deuce Gruden's on staff. Oh, wow. I... I'll put in my media request now so that uh, <laughs> it'll go straight to the spam file. There were You didn't see this yesterday? I, like, glanced at the oh, list. Oh, man. Okay. 
what did he, what does he listed as? He's strength and strength conditioning, conditioning coach. Yep, or strength and conditioning assistant coach or something assistant. like that. Yeah, assistant. Yeah, okay. not, not not head strength, not and, conditioning head strength coach. and conditioning. But I I did the same thing as you, right? They they emailed out here's our coaching staff, and it's not complete. Like they don't have a tight ends coach or something. Darren Waller can coach himself. Maybe it'll be Jason Witten. But sure, the I I did the same thing as you. Just sort of looked at the first few and was like, whatever. I got to give credit to Demond who you might hear over on Raider Nation Radio, because he's the one that tweeted out, Deuce is back. The Deucer's back. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most important thing for our show tomorrow. Deuce Gruden is sticking around. Good for him. It is. I th- good for him, good for McDaniels, good for those guys keeping him around. I'm like, you know, Deucer does a nice job stretching before the game, <laughs> when stretching before the practice. No one can stretch like the Deucer. Just goes in the interview and goes, look, he's my dad. We don't share a lot of opinions. <laughs> Who shares opinions with their I father? I didn't even know his email address. Just, yeah, he's my dad. Exactly. Um, I would, anytime he'd send me something that was forward, 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 I'd just delete it. Uh, did you see Willie Ramirez tweet out this morning a video of Deuce Gruden squatting like 670-something no, pounds? Oh, no. terrific video because there are like eight guys spotting him. There On is, the lift. I mean, there's one guy to spot him. Right, and then there's at least two on each side to spot, to spot, the, spot. The, to spot the weights. I guess yeah, yes. I don't know if those guys were going to catch 679 pounds if Deuce failed. Like they were just going to grab the weights by the end of the barbell. I don't know if that was going to happen. But there were like five guys spotting Deuce as he squatted 670. I'm excited pounds. for Deuce. I am too, and I'm also excited. We need to like. Get his competition schedule. Is he still competing in like weightlifting? Oh, if he's squatting that much, my guess is he is. Because that was one of my favorite things last year was when we discovered he was like, while we were on the air, he was competing at an event <laughs> in Florida. And we were like looking at how much he was weight. Uh, we're trying to lifting. get results of the deuce. Right. So we need to find his competition schedule so that we can make sure Man. that that's what I didn't got. notice that. Excited. Deuce Gruden is back. That's very ITF exciting. IPF is what he competes in. IP, I will look up the IPF schedule. Okay, sounds good. Um, also, wow. semi-important Raiders news. <laughs> it can't be more important than what you just said. That's true. Uh, it's close, though. It's good, for, it's, it's good content for this show. Did you see yesterday on Twitter, Paul Gutierrez tweet out that Derek Carr has blocked him? Yes. Man. That was shocking to me because I read everything Paul writes. He's very balanced and fair and down the middle and i was like okay what in the world and derek <laughs> you know when when we have um press conference with derek he knows that paul's kind of been around the longest and been the you know the the longest tenured beat right. writer and he's very good with paul right i mean he's they, they have apparently on the outside when you watch their interactions the only thing they give us each other a hard time about is paul went to unlv and derek went to fresno state and every time paul wears a unlv hat derek or a shirt Derek will say something. But when I saw the block, I I literally thought, does someone else run his Twitter account? <laughs> I, I, mean, I thought it's not that. like Darren has a whole lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> is Darren running the account? Because I'm trying to think back. I know Paul wrote an uh, article recently about the different scenarios they could he do. He traded with Derek him away. He, he traded him that, away. That's what I got. That's what I have to think that, it is. Because, okay. So ESPN did an entire like mock off season where they had each of their beat right, writers of what you for each do. team. Like they made trade offers to each other. They accepted them. They declined them. They signed free agents. And in that exercise, Paul Gutierrez traded Derek Carr away to Washington. 
got back a first round pick and like a conditional third round pick or right. something like that. And then he re-signed Marcus Mariota and drafted Matt Corral. Right. So Paul Gutierrez traded Carr away and got two quarterbacks to replace him. Not just one, two quarterbacks to replace him. That's the only thing I can imagine because otherwise, my goodness, I don't know what else Paul has has written or said that would have made Derek Carr block him. I'm just Twitter. glad Derek reads nothing. <laughs> nothing I'm glad at he all. doesn't pay attention to anybody and, or well, he doesn't pay attention, pay attention to the media. Here's the best part. stuff. I'm pretty confident that ESPN story, the mock off season was behind a paywall. Oh, I wish it was. I hope it was. I'm pretty certain it is. I hope it was. I'll have to go find the link again. Do we want to give him the benefit of doubt and say one of the brothers read it and told them? That's possible. It is. And it, it also, if you pay for ESPN plus the, the streaming service, you get all their online content behind a paywall too. So Derek Carr might, pay for he might have the Disney plus ESPN plus Hulu bundle and it just gives him the ESPN stories as well so it's possible that's why he has it but I'm pretty sure it was behind a paywall which is terrific I I love the idea of Derek Carr seeing on Twitter like uh oh ESPN mock offseason trades Derek Carr away and he's like what yeah he signs up makes an ESPN account puts in his credit card info to get through the paywall and then sees ah traded to Washington only a first and a third blocking this guy. If you had told me he blocked someone in the room, Paul would have been up near the top that I'd say he's not going to block. Yeah, it would have been like one There's of the last no options. I would think so, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the, he would have been one of the last yeah. options. Yeah. Incredible I just... <laughs> the buffoonery of him always saying, like, I don't read, I don't care, nothing, nothing bothers me. Then why would you me. block anyone? True. Yeah. I mean, and he blocked... Um, Tashawn last year. Yep. And Tashawn asked him in a press conference, why'd you block me? And he didn't really, he kind of stuttered around the response. He didn't really have a really good response. I don't even know what he said, but like, after I think he offered response, to go to lunch. Be like, we can go to lunch and talk about it. Tashawn oh, was did like, he? nah, I'm I good. think so. But it was also like during the middle of, you know, pandemic when, you know, when there's no way they were going, going to, lunch. to lunch with random people is not really. Yeah. The what? starting quarterback of the Raiders. Yeah. Not, you're, can, <laughs> can you imagine the Raiders? I think Gruden might have been the coach at the time. Can you imagine telling Gruden, uh, listen, I blocked this guy, but it, you know, I know it's during a pandemic. You don't want me to get sick, but I'm uh, I'm going out and I'm going to go out in public and go to lunch with somebody. <laughs> yeah, that would that have gone over well. Gone over I, very well. Um, are you blocked by Derek Carr on Twitter? No, I'm no. I I, re, I read his tweets. Okay, I am not, which tells me he definitely doesn't listen to this show. No, I don't uh, think he does. We have not made it into Derek Carr's no. regular oh, media Wait. consumption. I got to check if I'm blocked because I'm the one who constantly talks about his hands. That is true. Um. But I am blocked by David Carr on Twitter. His brother has absolutely blocked me. That does make sense why he never responded to my text. <laughs> David Carr? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. So not blocked David by David Carr. Derek. listens to the show. And blocked by David Carr. I don't know. No chance. I don't know, but I am. Where's David Carr live? I think he lives in California. Where's NFL Network Studios? Because he's on NFL yeah. Network. I don't know where that guy I lives. I think on a regular basis. But yeah. So Derek Carr. Does not block either one on this show. We'll see if he blocks Jared. I, d- I doubt it. If he blocks Jared, I'm not going to lie. That's that's like a career accomplishment for you at this point. Like you're on a list with all the beat writers to cover the Raiders. Well, if, all right, David not Carr all not all of them. blocked. All right, hold on. I'm looking. <laughs> David Carr has not blocked you? Well, you, if he blocked you, I assume that he blocked me because I... <laughs> 
Nope. I got Derek Carr. I got Derek a lot of Carr. Derek Carr. All right. So we've just found out this morning that Derek Carr does not, in Ooh. fact, listen to the show. No, he does not. Because I feel in confident. In the last 10 minutes, he would have blocked both of us. Yeah, I feel confident he would have blocked us if he did. Coming up next. He doesn't listen. Our yeah. read. He doesn't do anything. Coming up next. Um, the hell's Calvin Ridley doing? Calvin Ridley joins a short and dubious list of players suspended yeah. for gambling. Alex Karras in 1963. Paul Hornig in 1963. Art Schleister in 1983. Josh Shaw in 2019. I didn't remember that. And now Calvin Ridley in 2022 i would i would have skipped back to schleister if you asked me who was the last nfl player to be uh bet uh who'd be suspended uh for gambling ridley himself tweeted i bet fifteen hundred dollars total i don't have a gambling problem wow see Uh, okay you didn't you didn't get suspended for having a gambling problem you got suspended for betting on games you're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. That was from the show Brother from Another Mother. Who the hell is Josh Shaw? Did you know that a guy got suspended in 2019 for gambling on NFL games? Never heard of him. Yeah, Josh Shaw. Never heard of him. He I'm played, on it. He played for the Bengals, played a year for the Chiefs. Oh, you're on it. He was on the Chiefs. I don't think he actually played for the Chiefs. Uh, played four games for the Bucks, and then he was with the Cardinals on injured reserve when he apparently gambled on games. Don't remember this at all. Zero recollection of this whatsoever. So so you have to be good for it to matter. I was going to say you have to be a household name for any of these Here, things uh, here's, released. According to Wikipedia, Shaw made a low four-figure bet in Las Vegas on a three-team parlay, and he bet against the Cardinals, the team that had signed that he was uh, oh, under contract wow. for. Wow! So, and he did it at a Caesar Sportsbook. That was a uh, that was the Rosen year. So, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, Calvin Ridley, yesterday the NFL announced that he is suspended for the 2022 season for gambling on NFL games. Some uh, a lot of reporting yesterday. Apparently, he bet uh, parlays, three, five, and eighteen parlays. They did include games uh, involving the Atlanta Falcons, the team that Calvin Ridley is under contract for. He bet on his phone via the Hard Rock Sportsbook app in the state of Florida. Ridley has said that he only bet fifteen hundred dollars and that he does not have a gambling problem. Um, the NFL also claims that Ridley did not have any inside information when he placed these bets. Also important context, Calvin Ridley was away from the team last year. Uh, he and the Falcons cited mental health issues as to why I think he played five games last year and then was gone. He was not with the team when this actually happened. Yeah, but he probably knew he couldn't bet. I, I would mean, assume as, door. An NFL, as an NFL player. Yes. I would assume that he knew that or at some point was told that and conveniently forgot it. So, and he's not very smart betting parlays anyway. So he should probably be suspended. That's the issue Ed has with this (laughs) whole story. That's the funny part. He should be suspended for two straight years for betting parlays. He probably should. Like even Pete Rose never bet a parlay. (laughs) That's the funny part of this. He probably didn't win any money. I was going to say like he bet $1,500. If he bet $1,500 on whatever, three or four parlays, he probably lost all yeah. all fifteen hundred dollars. Well, hold on, wait. No, if he bet for Atlanta to win, I mean that does sort of bump up your your payout quite a bit. <laughs> so 
<sighs> a full season suspension. If we believe Calvin Ridley that he only bet fifteen hundred dollars, he wasn't with the team. Do you think that's too harsh, or is that right? Um, is the NFL making? Wait, an what example? did Josh Jones Michael get? <laughs> what did that guy get? I'm pretty sure that's the tackle they found <laughs> off the street. Um, what did he get? No, that's the guy from uh, Saved by the Bell. He yeah. got <laughs> Mark Paul Glazer started betting on games. Uh, it looks like he got. Did he get two years? Whoa! Well, then really got off. Really got off uh, well here. With he the got. One sus- year. Yeah, he got suspended for twenty-one games, so about wow. a season and a half for Josh Shaw for appear apparently around the same money as Ridley. Low right. four low figures. Four figures low would be four figures. Thousand, two thousand dollars, something like that. I think what might be a different differentiating factor here. The NFL says that Calvin Ridley did not have inside information. This guy was on IR. <laughs> uh, Shaw apparently bet against the Cardinals, suggesting that maybe since he was betting he against knew his own team, he stunk. He was like, "Ah, oh, this guy's hurt this week and not playing." So potentially there was some. Inside information Josh Shaw had when he placed these bets that Calvin Ridley, the NFL claims at least, because that's my thing. How can the NFL actually claim that Calvin Ridley didn't have any inside information? Because wouldn't like any conversation he would have with a teammate or a coach in that time frame be considered inside information? He could have texted anybody, said, Hey, is John playing this week? Or, you know, is this guy playing this week? And And, and even if he wasn't like overtly asking, for information, even if he was just talking to a teammate he's friends with, and the teammate just said, "Ah, yeah, his ankle's messed up. He's not going to play." Right. Like that's inside information, right? So I, I have a hard time believing that the NF when the NFL says that Calvin Ridley didn't have inside information, unless they like know for a fact that he had no communication with teammates or coaches, which I guess is possible because he was again he was not with the team; he was away from the team when he bet on these games. So. I guess that's possible, but I still have a hard time believing it. Checking every text, then. I will say, as the mentally ill member of the uh, of of the show, when you are dealing with some stuff, texting people and getting back to people on time is not really your highest priority. <laughs> Making poor decisions that seems to track. Um, that's just I mean, on personal experience. I don't have. A, I guess I don't have a problem with a year. I don't. I mean, it's all ironic given who the NFL now is, you know, in bed with. That's the uh, best part. I mean, that's the best part. The NFL is complete gambling league now, and they've actually admitted it to the point where now they they they're sponsored by a lot of these huge gambling. Uh, Monday Night entities. Football brought to you by DraftKings. By Kings. DraftKings, but he had to know he couldn't bet, and he certainly had to know he couldn't bet on his own team. So, whether it's harsh or not. I mean, I, I when I saw, put it this way, when I saw a year yesterday, I didn't like blink. I'm like, okay, yeah. you got you, you got suspended for a year. You're an idiot. I think there is a level of making an example, right? Where it listen, if Calvin Ridley bet fifteen hundred dollars on parlays, the the integrity of the NFL is not in question because Calvin Ridley was trying to make like five thousand right. dollars, right? Like that's not. That's not a real issue. Nothing's actually happening in the NFL because Calvin Ridley tried to make $5,000. But you can't have the perception that Calvin Ridley even bet on games, to be honest. Never mind his own team. Right. You just can't. That's that's not something that you can have as the NFL because then all of a sudden, maybe not Calvin Ridley, but maybe an undrafted free agent that's getting paid the league minimum. He's like, whoa. I know our quarterback's not playing and nobody else does. Uh, 
I'm putting how much money you guys got. I'm going to go bet on the other team. Like, right. there's very much like absolutely it can lead to problems. So I don't have too big of a problem with the one year there because of the just how terrible it looks for the NFL or any league when you have a player bet against or for any team, team in your league, and then right. especially if His you're betting team. for or against your own team. Isn't this why you have a guy like you have your friend yeah. from high school that so. you're like? Because the because the book turned him in. Right. That's the other part. He so he, he was very open about right. this. He got turned in by the Hard Rock Sportsbook yes. in Florida. Which here's the other question. They turned him in, which which obviously implies they knew his account was his, right? They knew his right. account was Calvin Ridley's. Why was he allowed to sign up for one? Like he can go bet on baseball? Yeah. I think he can. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think, I think NFL can, can stop actually. you from betting on baseball or basketball, basketball if you're a football hockey. player, but like, maybe that's how they knew, but I feel like, yeah, we're, we're just not going to do this. Like, like, I feel like if you're, if you're an athlete, or if you're a sports book, you're like, you know what? We appreciate it. We know you might want to bet on the NBA finals. Let's wait until you're retired. Calvin. I'm a Jared. He doesn't have a, a friend or a buddy or a brother who can just sign up and then he makes the bets. I don't I, I, I can't. I, say, I don't know if listen, it's arrogance. Turner I don't know if it's Studios stupidity. are in Atlanta. Just call up Charles Barkley. He knows a guy. Right? <laughs> he knows a guy. Just call up Charles Barkley. <laughs> Everything will be fine. It'll be great. He literally. <laughs> Charles would. He would be in so much more trouble had he called up Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay, I didn't have a problem. Now I got a real problem. <laughs> It'd be great if he called up Charles Barkley. So didn't Charles basically say that the reason he's still doing the TNT broadcast is he owes people money? For- Probably. Yeah. Charles, one of those guys who over and over said that he got to fifty million and it was okay and he was done. Like he didn't have to be one of these guys who made a hundred, hundred fifty tournament. Like when Magic was opening all the Starbucks and the movie theaters and you know LeBron, all these guys had these outside ventures. Charles just kind of wanted to be on TV, and he said, "I'm okay with 50 million." But if he owes people money, then I don't know how well he's managed the 50 million. Well, that's why he's still there making fun of Shaq. He owes <laughs> people mean, some money. Shaq owns like every Papa John's, and he, was, and he brought Shaq up too. Like all these, all these restaurants and these things, they go into the business for to make more and more money. And he said, "I'm okay with 50." I'm okay with 50. I'll, I'll survive on. Does, how much does he get paid by Turner? He get oh, a million do- he's getting, he'd have to get a million dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Say that when you're not making any money. Come right. on now. Right. I'm, I'm fine with $50 million and my million-dollar-a-year salary for as long yes. as I want it. Like, he's no, in no danger of getting no. fired. I mean, you wouldn't watch sports again for $5 million. Never mind 50 you Imagine <laughs> 50 plus, plus you st- Plus, you kept getting a million right. a year. Hey, hey, there's no way Charles is watching any of this March Madness <laughs> tournament that he's about to host. <laughs> there's no way. That's the best when he hosts that and he says things like, you have not watched one college game all year. He's got to find out who UT Chattanooga yes. is. <laughs> all right, coming up next, Kevin Kruger joins the show. Net. Rebels down by five. Hamilton a three. It's is a- no good, and there was a foul there. Right on his arm. What an absolutely horrible wow. no call. Bryce got hit right on the arm, right in front of us, and it wasn't called. Wow. That is absolutely atrocious. Just atrocious. Bryce was hit on the arm right in front of us, and there was no call. 
and that could be the game. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. UNLV opens up in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Tournament on Thursday. They are taking on Wyoming. 2.30 start. You can hear that right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now, head coach of the Running Rebels, is Kevin Kruger. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, How Kevin. are you today? Good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing? We're good. All right. Uh, give us give us a hot take here. Hopefully give us a hot take here. Who's All-Mountain West uh, poll, All-Mountain West player of the year, All-Mountain West uh, team of the year is better, the media's or the coaches? Oh, gosh. Well, talking to you two, I mean, it's, of course, it's the media. <laughs> without, without a question. <laughs> Ed? I think uh, I mean you guys watch uh, you guys watch a lot of games. I think I think they're both. Uh, there's a reason there's both of them. Okay, Ed is a hundred percent of media even voting for these things. No kidding. Why is that? Because yeah. we don't coach, we don't scout, we don't watch every film. I don't think that makes any sense that the media has votes in these things. I refuse to vote for those kind of things. <laughs> I, I just I leave it up to coach. Now sure. I will tell you this. I will tell you this because of transparency, because the media does do this. I think coaches should put their ballots out there because. Yeah, that'd be fine. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. Are we going to, are we going to get to see your ballot? Are you going to tell us who you voted for? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a million, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I think there's a lot of one and one a in these situations. And uh, I think this year's, uh, this year's votes you, and a lot of, just across, just like across the country, I think in a lot of ways you're splitting hairs. Who played guys twice? Who's seen or more familiar or, or longer standing? And I think that that kind of resonates and goes into all the voting. So um, I, don't, I don't think uh, like this year. I don't think uh, I think there was a lot of a lot of good uh, and respected votes, and uh, you know things things play out for for a reason. I'll let both sides off here because I do think we were talking yesterday when people like Bradley and, and the Boise State kids made the second-team media um, team this year, I do think this was one of the tougher years to come up with five. I don't know if you agree with in terms of a first team. I, I think you guys do five for a first team, but there were seven or eight that you know were potentially that, you know, if you put them on there, like, okay, that makes sense. Oh, without, without a question. And I think if you go back, you know, most years you're going to see that. You're going to you, – when you only can get five, you're always going to have, you know, one or two that you feel are, you know – pretty consistent and almost unanimous, but then I think there's always that next five or six, but you can only pick, you know, two or three. And that's where, that's where it gets really tough. And you're almost just flipping a coin at that point. But, you know, with the, with first team, second team, all that stuff, I think I, I can't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think I saw somewhere that, you know, there's, there's a couple conferences where the conference champion did not have a first team player. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's just kind of it's it, it's great for us as coaches to use the, the players and uh, you know going forward that you know it, it's kind of you know which do you there, there, there's almost a correlation you know with that they they're all more balanced numbers across the board a lot of guys that could get it but uh, you know they won the conference championship and um, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting this year maybe it might be the first year I just noticed it versus the times it's happened but. I believe it was Providence as well. You know, no first-team uh, guys on on a conference champion, and I think that's uh, that's an interesting stat. Did you consider at all resting guys against New Mexico, given that the seeding for the Mountain West tournament was locked in? 
No. It's no fun. What you got? You got to win every game. Come on, come on. What if somebody got hurt? Could have been bad. Um. Yeah, it would have been really bad if someone got hurt. But you know, if <laughs> if, uh, if you had two wheels, you'd be a bicycle. Okay. All right. All right. I like that. that is a t-shirt in there. Uh, is it make it easier? I think I heard you on a, a show the other day. Does it make it easier for your prep that you played Wyoming so soon after, or? You know they'll be different, and they'll look at what happened, and you'll be different. Uh, I think we're going to go into this uh, with uh, a lot of similarities, maybe more than than most uh, times you play a second team, just because we played them a week ago. Um, as we as we've talked about before on the show, you know when we when we played Reno the second time, uh, it had been a month. It had, you know different people were healthy. Uh, a little different lineup and adjustments uh, in terms of per- on personnel, um, but with Wyoming being, you know, what a week ago, week and a half ago, uh, I think uh, that uh, you know this one's going to be a little more of a similar prep. You know, looking back to how we prepped for them, um, and and so this this is while again it's uh, it may it may sound simple. What we talk about with the guys is that doesn't make it easy. So the last time you guys played Wyoming, Royce Ham was terrific with his interior defense. You guys got some good minutes out of David Milwaukee and, and Victor Ewalker too. I'm I'm curious going into this game defensively, like is one of the biggest keys going to simply be like staying out of foul trouble? Because how much is that going to change the way you guys defend? You know, if, if Royce Ham picks up two fouls in like four minutes, like how much does that impact the way you guys are able to defend uh, Wyoming inside? Without question, I think uh, you know we we're not going to do anything different. Than, than we've worked on this year, but uh, without a question, you know, staying out of foul trouble is is a big priority just because of how much they they throw the ball in the post and they, they you know, they're they're much more back to the basket team than than any other team in our conference, maybe outside of Boise. And when you got guys like Ek and Maldonado that can just put so much pressure on you defensively to to not foul, um, that that's been probably our main point. Uh, yesterday, talking to him on Sunday. Uh, going into practice this morning will be guys. You you got to do exactly what we did here. You got to slide your feet. You got to use your chest. You know you can't use your hands, and uh, uh, because we we've got to do our best to to make them earn every shot. And if we're fouling them or putting them at the line, uh, that just makes them that much better. How do you think Bryce will respond to what they did to him last time? And have you seen when those things happen this year when people just refused to let him beat them. How, how has he responded? Does he get frustrated or has he responded well? Uh, he's always responded well. You know, Bryce is uh, he's somebody that, you know, he, he enjoys that challenge and he, he wants to make it kind of, you know, prove that he can play better. And I think this is, a, you know, him not playing well and us getting or not shooting it well and us getting the win, I think uh, could have been the best thing that happened for us uh, in terms of playing up this quickly on a return because, you know, Bryce is stubborn. He's gonna he's gonna want to make shots. He's gonna I think work that much harder to get more looks, uh, cleaner looks. And anytime you know you, we've got an aggressive, aggressive Bryce Hamilton, uh, that 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 works out really well for us. Uh, Bryce Hamilton's been a pretty constant for you guys all year, but sort of the other guys that step up, it's been different guys a lot of nights. Obviously, early Mountain West season. Donovan Williams was scoring uh, quite a bit, but recently you've gotten Justin Webster, who's hit double figures his last two games. You've had some big games from Royce Hammond there. Like, how important is it for this team that sort of after Bryce Hamilton, there are four to five guys 
any given night that can be very good and, and be the reason you win. Huge. It's absolutely huge. You know, this is a, you know, Bryce being even going into the year, the only really proven consistent uh, score from uh, last season, you know, when guys, uh, while everybody we feel can do kind of the things Webb has done, the, the Donovan had a stretch of doing Mike Nuga had a stretch of doing uh, when one of those guys or two of those guys uh, make those winning plays and have those offensive looks, uh, I think it just makes us more dangerous. You know, even David uh, coming in and protecting the rim or being a rim threat, you know, like he had a, a good stretch for a couple of weeks where he was doing that and it allowed Royce to get a little more of a breather at times. And it kind of gives us another element. And, uh, and it, across the board, I think, you know, all good teams have that, you know, if you're leading scorer and, and a primary offensive option is, is having a little bit of a down night or off shooting night, other guys got to step up and, and kind of pick up and carry, you know, where it's being left off. And, you know, in the Wyoming game, Webb was awesome. He was aggressive. He was looking for his shot. And uh, I think he kind of took advantage where Wyoming was, was really concentrated and fixed in on not allowing Bryce to get going. Uh, Webb took advantage of it. Uh, besides winning three in three days, which we know is the obvious answer, uh, UNLV will cut down the nets on Saturday if these things happen. Well, I think if we guard, you know, if we, if you look at our wins, especially in this streak where we've had uh, a handful of really good games in the last, you know, three, four weeks, we've really guarded. Uh, when we're playing catch-up offensively and trying to keep up, uh, that, that's not really what our, our DNA and our identity has been. Um, while while we've been playing well, so we got to guard well. We got to come out of the gate and and make Wyoming earn baskets. And uh, if we can do that, and I think our our offense kind of comes to us, I think it gives us a little bit of security and confidence. If we're if we're just really putting our foot down defensively, and and I think uh, especially when you're going to play three in three days, you know it's a lot more comforting if you're you're defensively solid and you know it, it's going to be tougher for the other team to get baskets as opposed to just planning on making a whole bunch of shots each night. All right, before we let you go, who'd you vote for for player of the year? <laughs> Bryce Hamilton. Oh, you, you're allowed okay. to vote for your own? No, you're not. Oh. oh, wow. oh come on. Now. So who'd you vote for? <laughs> who'd you vote for? I hope it's a Boise kid. Well, it can't well, we, be it can't talked. be Roddy because he didn't look like he ever played basketball when you right. played him. Twice. <laughs> that guy looked like he shouldn't even be playing basketball the both times you played Roddy. My God. I will say between between Maldonado, Roddy, and Shaver, we had a very in-depth uh, discussion in our coach's locker room. Oh, well, arguing about it. Okay, is it? Tell me this: Do you guys ever sit down and say, "Okay, who did we spend the most time game planning for?" That guy's got to be the conference player of the year. Um, it's not. Yeah, not, not that specific of a question, but there's definitely you know when a name is said, you can kind of almost feel feel the energy from each person of of kind of to your point where what do you plan plan for and Roddy Roddy's definitely up there I mean you've got to spend as much time on on Roddy as anybody and and I think that's what made Colorado State so good you spend all that time on Roddy and you got Stevens and and more and those guys that play really well so I think that's probably what uh, gave him the nod is a lot of staffs were thinking you know that question exactly all right he's mm-hmm. Kevin Kruger not telling us who he voted for he did give us a list of three <laughs> names but uh, Kevin, good luck on Thursday. Thanks, Kevin.
All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Uh, he voted for Roddy. Yeah, I think he voted for Roddy. I, I, I would vote for Roddy, too, simply so I could say, hey, we shut down the Mountain West Player of the Year twice. <laughs> All right. I'm with you there. I mean, if you can vote for your own player, you vote for Bryce Hamilton. Yeah. But you can't vote for your own player. So if I'm Kevin Kruger, I'm like, yep, David Roddy. He he was awesome against everybody else in this conference. So when he played us, oh, we man. shut him down. Look how Couldn't good do we anything, are. that guy. That's right. That's what I would do if I was Kevin Kruger. That'd be my go-to. All right. Coming up next, who wants some more Deuce Gruden? Man, yeah, stop that, man. I, I, I wouldn't tease y'all like that, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tease y'all like that, man. It's real, man. The first time ever did I'm just sitting back on the beach, man, waiting on it, man. Broncos country, what's up? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. I need to make a correction from earlier in the show. I gave you the computer All-Mountain West team, uh, thanks to Bart Torvik's, like, points above average number. Uh, That was for the entire season. Conference teams are just based on conference play. So I got an update for you. This is what the All-Mountain West team should be based on Bart Torvik's uh, points above average. Should I guess? Sure. Roddy. Roddy would be player of the year. Orlando Robinson. Orlando Robinson would be fifth on the list. Bradley? Matt Bradley would be fourth, yes, on the first team. I got two more. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll just say one of the Boise kids. No Boise player on the top five. Uh, EK? Uh, No. Okay, give me the other two then. Bryce Hamilton. Oh. And Hunter Maldonado. Okay. So you're all Mountain West first team according to computers. Roddy, Hamilton, Maldonado, Bradley, and Orlando Robinson would be your top five. And Roddy would be player of the year. He beat Bryce Hamilton by .1. He was six points above average. Hamilton, 5.9 points above average. So game. Bryce gets .2 more. He's player of the year? Yep. Wow. According to the computers. He, Bryce Hamilton was player of the year like two weeks ago. He did not end the season very well. No, he did not shoot well to end it. But he had a legitimate, I, I think he had a legitimate case to be player of the year two weeks ago. End of the season, he did not play as well as he had earlier and kind of fell off some. Still first team, but I think it's fair that he is not actually player of the year in the Mountain West. Um, also, some important questions for you. Uh, thanks to Jared, we have Deuce Gruden's powerlifting, oh, okay. potential powerlifting nice. schedule. Uh, my first question, do you think he travels out of the country? Because according to this schedule, uh, there we have uh, right now, actually, the European Classic Masters Powerlifting Championships in Lithuania. No. Okay. <laughs> do you, so here's, here's the schedule. It's Lithuania. Later this month, they're in Luxembourg. Next month, they're in Brazil. Then the Czech Republic. Then Russia. Don't know if that's going to happen. Then Kazakhstan. Yeah. Then South Africa. Then India. Then Sweden. Does, do you think he goes to any of these out of the country? I don't know. Events? I don't know how. We, we, we saw him in one competition last year. I didn't hear that he'd been yeah. in competitions weekly. Maybe S- Willie Ramirez needs to text. The only one in the United States uh, that is scheduled for this year is in Birmingham, Alabama, and it is July 7th through Wait, the 17th. for this year? For this year. The only one that's in the United States is in Birmingham in July. He's going. He's to going. Birmingham? Birmingham in yes. July. Take two weeks off. Uh, take two weeks off from camp. They don't need to <laughs> no. lift. They'll be fine. Who can stretch them out? Yeah. I don't know, but... That, we They're gotta, in shorts and helmets. We got. I'm going to put this in my phone's calendar now. July and 7th watch. through the 7th. No, no, no. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about it on the show. 
when we get to July, Deuce Gruden's over here squatting See 670 if, pounds. Deuce Gruden might be the lead in July. Yeah. See if Willie's gym will uh, will sponsor the updates. Yes. <laughs> this Deuce Gruden update oh, is brought to you by Willie gave me. Willie did give me an update already. That 672 pound squat that Deuce Gruden did. He uh, finished second at the Arnold Classic in Columbus. So, so again, last week he was in Columbus competing stateside. and finished second. Does the Grucer? Does the Deucer? The Grucer. Does the Deucer get on planes for Europe? I mean, I hope he does. Well, there's a couple in Panama. I mean, I, so I, he could probably take a boat. <laughs> there is. They're August. They're, they're in Panama, but that's like oh, uh, August. No, he's got to be. He's yeah. got to be. It's Especially with this. the Hall of Fame game. They're going a week early. Oh, man. That's probably when the Hall of Fame game is, honestly. The Hall of Fame game is like next week, isn't it? Yes, it's soon. Stupid Hall of Fame game. We got to pay attention to it. Um, yeah, so there's your Deuce Gruden update. Second place with a 672-pound squat. Sounds impressive. Gosh, who was first? That's a good question. What? Did, yeah, who? how much did that guy squat? <laughs> and how much bigger than Deuce Gruden is? And was the Deucer a spotter? Did you said, hey, I'll spot you. I'll all spot the, you. All the other uh, contestants, all the other are, the contestants spotters. are the spotters, and then <laughs> someone that slips. Well, just you need by to accident. find someone strong enough. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. you're right. No, you're right. No, maybe, or they got five of them, so maybe you don't have to be quite that. Maybe it's like the lower division. I assume there's a lower division. They just have a bunch of like under 19s. Yes. <laughs> just sitting there going, this seems, this seems bad, Dad. Deucer squatted how much? Six, Six what? 672. Oh, I mean, just the number. It That's sounds absurd. It's absurd. Right. Like, what weighs 672 pounds? Throw it on Deuce Gruden's shoulders. He'll squat I it. Mean, that's just absurd. That's a Volt. I'm pretty sure that's an original Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Just give him give him an old car, and he'll squat it, apparently. That's the game. But five guys around him to make sure he doesn't fall, but five guys around him, and he'll be good to go. Like, that's a ton of weight. It's an un, Like, what was the fattest guy at the combine? 340, 350, something like that. A couple bubble butts out there. So ba- basically, Deuce Gruden could almost squat probably the two heaviest two guys. Two heaviest at the guys combine. at the combine. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. And Deuce Gruden's like, what, 5'5? Five, five? Oh, if that. Yeah. Like, this, guy's a, this guy is a marvel of a man. I love Deuce Gruden, and I am very excited he's back. Yeah, I am, I'm stoked for the Deuce. Best hire Josh McDaniels and yes, Dave Ziegler have made exactly. have been retaining Deuce Gruden as a strength stoked and conditioning him. assistant coach. Very excited. Deuce Gruden. He's you surprised be at it? That he's back? Yeah. I'm a little surprised. They, they had a handful. They had like two or three assistant strength and conditioning coaches. So, no, probably not too much. I mean, if he wanted it, why not keep Deuce Gruden around? Squatting, I love it. Squatting 672?